This is Pod Forsaken. Hey everyone, welcome to Pod Forsaken. I'm Rodney Altman. I'm Missy Levin. And I'm Chris Sachs. New year, <laughs> new new pod, who dis? <laughs> brand new, brand new year. Happy New Year, everyone. First of all, uh, th- welcome back to a new season. We took a couple uh, months off. But more importantly, welcome back Missy, who's Thank been you. missing. How uh missing Missy, one of our yeah. first horror movies. How how was the um the the demon baby phase of your your child rearing? It was it was more terrifying than any horror movie I've ever watched. Yeah, I think he liked the horror movies I was watching last night. So yeah, I don't know when I have to stop showing them to him. Like when he can, you know. Uh, probably around thirty two. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna ask as he gets older, are you planning to show him like your favorite horror movies or like good horror movies? <laughs> I d- <laughs> okay now um i have to we i need to figure that out yeah i need to make a time schedule of like what's appropriate maybe yeah. ask some other people because i don't think i have a barometer of what's appropriate to show a child so i keep suggesting my friends kids stuff and they're like no well i think they need to have object permanence so they can appreciate thrillers okay. yeah that's true is <laughs> <laughs> a that's a heady joke chris thank you <laughs> um so, you know, Missy, we haven't recorded with you in, in a long time, like since like July of last year, maybe? Yeah, the last time we were supposed to record was the day I went into labor, and we, we were going to do Censor, which we're going to do today. Yes, today's movie is Censor. Felt like we should pick up where we left off, you know? Uh, before we do that, um, I just wanted to say, on our 100th episode, I thanked a whole bunch of people for, like, you know, all their help over the years on the show. Yeah. And I was, I was, my wife was listening to the episode. She was like, how come you didn't thank me for coming up with the name Pod Forsaken? And I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm a total asshole. But now I, this is the official thank you to Erica uh, for coming up for Pod Forsaken. Thanks, Erica. And thanks to my husband, Matt, for always fixing my uh, headphones. Every yeah, I do feel like Matt should get a lot of credit. <laughs> Listeners yeah. have no clue the rigmarole that happens before recording every episode. Every episode starts with like Missy going, hello? Oh, can anyone hear me? And we're like, we can hear you. And she's like, uh, anyone can hear me? Can you hear me? Hold on. And you hear like things falling over and like windows smashing. <laughs> and then Matt goes like, you just pushed this. <laughs> and then she disconnects. And then we do it all over again. Um, we're only a couple minutes into the episode, but we've been recording for three hours now. So, <laughs> Missy, you pick censor. Why I don't you? Censor. Um, why I don't you tell just... us a couple of things? Like, why did you pick it? I when did it come it because... out? Things that... Okay, came out in twenty twenty one. So it's a, it's a new newbie. Came out. I assume, I don't know if it's got a theatrical release because of COVID, but um, yeah, it ha- it, I picked it because I just thought like just the one line, what it's about, just really felt good in my body. Um, it's, um, it's about a film censor in Britain in, uh, the eighties, right? Correct. Is it the eighties? Yeah. So they basically watch like anything, um, from, you know, any country that wants to be shown in Britain and they censor whether it can be shown or not and what parts need to be cut. They're trying to prevent the public from seeing anything too scary that's going to scar the children, cause them to become murderers. And they screened, uh, they, uh, cut and censored quite a lot they weren't allowed to see a lot of stuff that we consider very normal classic horror movies here so just think that was a cool world to live in so that's honestly mostly why i picked it and i think the colors look really cool in in the trailer it looks very jolloish the colors mm. a lot of deep saturated reds yeah this movie sort of answers the question what if peter strickland decided to make a good movie yes <laughs> the whole time i was watching it i was like 
oh, this is like the good version of Barbarian Sound yeah. Studio. <laughs> For me, it was like, what if Barbarian Sound Studio ended like Mandy? Yes. <laughs> that dude, that's the perfect pitch. This is Mandy meets Barbarian Sound Studio. Yeah. That's not bad, yeah. Yeah, I um, did. You did Rodney like it? I really dug this movie. No, yeah. you didn't. I did. I the can't explain. The whole time explain... I was watching it, I was like, Rodney hates this part. Rodney hates this part. The whole time I was watching it, I was like, "Good pick, Missy. First time ever, Missy picked a good horror movie." <laughs> okay, this is going a lot better than I not thought just it was. a good horror movie. She picked an actual horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I found this one very interesting because of like it, it has a very clear sort of on the nose theme that gets carried through very interestingly i i don't mean to pick on peter strickland but i really did feel like i when i started this i was like oh i feel like i've seen this before but then it just she, the the director she took it to such an interesting place that it, it felt very fresh for me yeah so let's talk about the director role real quick uh her name i'm i'm i hope i'm saying this right prano bailey bond that's what it sounds like to me might be prano i'm gonna call her prano and uh, she's Welsh, and this is her first feature film. Wow. Uh, she apparently has done some like shorts and music videos, but this is her, you know, her debut. And for a debut, I thought she really knocked it out of the park. It's co-written between by, by her and someone named Anthony Fletcher. And <clears throat> did either of you guys see the movie um, Await Further Instructions? Uh, yes. I've definitely heard of it, but I haven't seen that. Right. So same cinematographer. Oh, okay. I see that. I thought I think one of the things Sensor has going for it. I mean, I think it's good in a lot of categories, but the the look of the film is gorgeous, Missy. Yeah, it's it looks like a much older movie. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's because the movie is, as you said, taking place in the 1980s in London. I think 85. Um, and but they're not go. They're not trying to make the movie look like it's in the 80s. It's just it's like trying to make it feel like. That's yeah. What it was, well, that's what, what it was filmed, right? That's what I thought. This movie's from 2021, Missy. I know, but it's it's not. <laughs> they <laughs> haven't been sitting it on it for like, like 30 years. <laughs> 40 years, however long that is. Oh, God. 35. <laughs> um, what I mean to say is, like, you know, uh, all the props and costumes and sets look like they're from the 80s. But the camera work is very modern, with exceptions, which we can talk about. I don't think I know anything about camera work anymore. I was going to say it looked like it was filmed much longer ago. <laughs> I mean, Chris, you, do you want to be the deciding vote here? Did you, how did you feel about the cinematography? I thought it was great. All right. Yeah. So but here's what we're going to do. Which, which one? Which was it, it was filmed in the 20s, and it <laughs> looks like it's supposed to be evocative of the 80s. What is so hard about this? <laughs> no, that's, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> All right, okay, all right. Here's what we're going to do. For people who are, are new to the show or whatever, we're going to talk about this non-spoilery for a bit, and then we'll give you a fair warning. But, like, you probably should just watch the movie and then listen to the whole thing. But your call. Um, go for it, someone. Tell me about Censor. Censor is about this uh, lovely woman, Enid, who censors movies. Mm -hmm. And her backstory is she has a sister that disappeared when she was, like, 12-ish, and they, it, she was never found. So that's kind of something that's always on her mind and her parents come to her and basically want to declare her officially dead and that is very upsetting to her and uh when she's censoring one of the movies she thinks that she sees her sister as the star of this like <laughs> underground horror movie you're just like blowing through it missy <laughs> well i it. thought you want the nasty and dirty or the nasty and dirty Ooh. The nasty and dirty new season new terms <laughs> <laughs> the ribald no and fast 
that's that it used it, we normally call it the quick and dirty but <laughs> the nasty and dirty is just the a more nasty, convoluted longer version <laughs> go ahead give us the nasty and dirty misty <laughs> well that's it that's about it but she she would like to find her sister and that's the, like with a non-spoilery version so okay. while she's <laughs> yeah you you sum that up she she goes into the underground world of like the these films are referred to as like the video nasties. Have you either of you guys heard of that yes. term? Yes. What I thought was really interesting was there are they they like actually use clips from like real movies from that period, right? And yeah. Did you Missy, recognize? Yes, I was going to ask if you recognized it. They were familiar, but like I I was having trouble pit placing which ones were from what. One of them was from that movie you and I went to a screening of called I think it's like Nightmare in a Damaged Brain. I think there's another name for it. I, it does. It has it has two names, but one I of them gonna, is. I was saying to Matt that we we did see this at the Egyptian, but I couldn't remember the name of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It it was there was a movie. I think it was just called Nightmare, also known as Nightmare in a Damaged Brain. It's a 1981 slasher film. The crazy little boy. Yep, that's yeah. the one. Okay, and, I remember that. Yeah. So when that came up in censor, I was like, "Why does that look familiar?" I'm like, "I think I saw that with Mizzy." <laughs> and then there was another clip from that same night that we were at the screening. You guys left, and I stayed to watch the Driller Killer. Oh and that yeah. Was, and that's also in this movie. Perfect. And I was like, "Who would have thought those obscure movies would pay off in in this 2021 film?" Pay Although off it's not in really. Spades. It's not really a payoff. It's just a clip. It has nothing to do with the plot. <laughs> but I think um, it paid off. One question I wanted to to ask you, Missy, which we're going to come come to later, but and I, I I like I wrote on a piece of paper my prediction, right? Mm-hmm. And I predict that Chris noticed this and you did not. Probably. I mean, I'm <laughs> doing a horrible job so far. I need. To. <laughs> but did you did you notice that part toward the end of the film where the aspect ratio changes? Mm-hmm. I don't even remember what aspect ratio is. So yeah. Probably okay. Not. <laughs> like, the, all right, we'll we'll talk about that later. But that's. That's a, a foreshadowing for our audience to stay stay oh, tuned. Oh, is that when the, the bars on the side got bigger or smaller? Yes. 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 Matt told me. Okay. My husband told me. I did not notice, no. He's like, did I, you see that? I was like, nope, but it changed back. I was like, oh, I didn't see it again. Okay. As, as was happening, I was like, this is so cool, and there's no way Missy noticed this. <laughs> yeah. But it, that's the, the fun thing about stuff like that is that, like, we, especially if you have lived through so many different iterations of film, like unconsciously it signals to your brain a certain era and evokes a certain style right right because like full frame tv is like oh this is new this is exciting whereas if it goes down to a little box and has like little tick marks on it you're like oh this is vhs this is home and like very uh unprofessional and then if the bars come in you're like oh this is cinematic and like i'm in the world of filmmaking yeah yeah thank you yeah sure what chris said (laughs) (laughs) so so yeah we meet enid and enid is kind of like um well, like a buttoned up kind of lady, you know, like, yeah, kind of like matronly. Clearly, she's clearly pretty, but she's like not making herself like, you know, like super girly looking. She's just right. Yeah. Wow. That is yeah. like the most like white male screenwriter introduction for a character that Missy's ever given. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Enid, pretty, but doesn't know it. <laughs> <laughs> if she just let her hair down. she Yeah, she short. took those darn glasses off. Just smile a little darker. Yeah, just she's she's very much like uh, nose to the grindstone, takes her job very seriously, like more seriously than all the other people in her office. Yeah, it it seems like she genuinely thinks that like she's like making the world a better place by like censoring these films, yeah. right? Like everyone else is like, uh, I want to go home and like hang out. Can you write my notes up for me, Enid? Right. I know you're not doing anything. 
Uh, and she's like, absolutely. And she's like sitting there on her like typewriter, like typing up like, yeah. you know, page like, eight or like se minute seven. There is a an eye gouging. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of I, I like that. Like, there was a whole talk of eye gouging. And and to be clear, she's not like she's not like saying, hey, let's not have any violence in these films. She she does seem to understand that, like, you got to keep, you know, they're horror movies that she's censoring. But like, she's not like. Uh, let's get it down to PG thirteen. She's just like there should be less of the eye gouging or yeah, less of the head. Yeah, she's trying to be careful you know? about it. She's like, okay, like going back in this time, this movie we let this happen. So okay, I think we could show it in this movie. She's being very like lawyerish about it. Of like, yeah, and and these early scenes, I really like them. They're very like intimate with her, just like sitting in this small room, either like watching a projector or like a, a VHS tape. I wanted to hang out there so bad. It's it was it seemed just like a like a building full of all your favorite movies, Missy. <laughs> yeah, this is a world I'm going to think back on and just like as I'm falling asleep at night, just picture myself there with her. Maybe you could have a new career as a as a film censor, Missy. You yeah. know? But you like only want to you, you specifically say you specialize in like smut, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do uh censorship for Pornhub. What do you censor? <laughs> Nothing. I just watch a lot of porn. I just <laughs> any any cuts on this one? Nope, seems fine. So yeah, as as Missy said, right? Uh, Enid, she has this job. She she seems kind of like sad and like she doesn't really have a lot of friends. She obviously talks to people at work, but I I don't get the sense that she's like friends with these people. Yeah. She definitely doesn't have like a boyfriend or a husband. It doesn't seem like she wants to have a personal life. It seems no. like she's trying to keep herself busy with work so she doesn't think about like how traumatized she is by losing her sister. Right. And so one of the important things is uh, she doesn't remember it. So there's like a lot of mystery about what happened and you, you start to get the movie definitely implies like maybe she did something or maybe she knows something more that she's repressed. Yeah. Um, but things start to come to a head. I think the first thing that happens is shit has the fan because the, some guy murders his family in a way that is in the same style as one of the movies that they let through. Right. So so just I know Missy said this, but just just to hit this point, she goes to dinner with her parents. They basically have decided to officially proclaim her missing sister dead after like 20 years. Right. And Enid is very upset because she's like, yo, she's not dead. She's just missing. And they're like, well, it'd be helpful if you could remember. Right. But she can't remember anything that happened. They just were like in the woods or something. And then her sister disappeared. Yeah. But then, yes, it's announced that little like the next day. Some maniac, this all happens off screen. Some dude like murdered his family and like ate their faces, right? And the press is like, that's ex like, there's this movie that just came out in which a dude murders his family and eats their faces. And the censor on that film was Enid. And it's not really clear like how that info got out, but, but someone clearly someone like, leaked it. Yeah. Right. And so her job is sort of like not in jeopardy like she doesn't get fired or anything but like her boss is like not pleased with her because he's like why would you let that film through and she's sort of like we let a lot of trash through it was fine you know yeah and um, so th this sets up like the major thematic conflict of the movie because to give historical uh, context this is under the margaret thatcher era where there was a lot of cuts to social welfare spending and so you actually even see a speech of uh, margaret thatcher which i think was right after the falklands war um, but basically this conservative party was cutting spending on social welfare. And so Enid's job is seen as this very cheap way to sort of groom society, right? Like if we can censor what the public is consuming, then that will change how people are feeling and thinking. But then it's set up in conflict to, well, but we actually aren't actually taking care of people. We're just trying to quote-unquote, like, mind-wash them or brainwash them into being good people. 
by editing what they see. Totally. Yeah. I totally got all of that from this movie, too. I knew all of that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that was Margaret Thatcher. I just thought that was another video nasty. Again, my husband had to explain that to me, but yes. <laughs> um, but I, it's that's the thing about this movie that I think I really like, is that it's definitely like a vibe movie that you like oh, body yeah. watch, but there's oh, yeah. definitely some head watching, too. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you, one of, the, one of the best things I learned from doing this podcast is Missy's term, like, watch it with your body. And I, that really has helped me embrace these kind of movies. Because I, like, Aww. I just, I watched it with my body. I just kind of, like, felt it as opposed to thought about it, you know? Good um, job, Rodney. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. I'm, I'm, making, I'm, making, a, I'm making a shift, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, I go up and I, like, just, like, grind on the screen. And my partner's like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, I'm watching it with my body. <laughs> and Chris is like, oh, that was better. <laughs> Gotta get a new computer screen. Oh, <laughs> not again. So this killing happens, which they dub the amnesiac killer, because oh, right. the yeah, because he, he has no memory yeah, of it happening name. or why it happened. So he's blaming it basically right. on this, like them showing the movie. Well, that's not accurate. It's unclear who says that. He just says, like again, you never meet the you never you never meet the For amnesiac the killer. Says right? that, then? He's just like okay. talked about, but no. the public is comparing it to the movie that came out. And they're just drawing conclusions because he just all all we know about the amnesia killer is that he has no memory of doing it. Right. But that's his excuse. I mean, I, I guess he, he I did do him. it. No one no one debates that he did or did not do it. He, yeah. you know, he was found like eating a face. Right. So. <laughs> uh, and so then this uh, video comes through, which I, I really enjoyed where um, the producer comes in. Yeah. The producer's important character. What's his name? Doug. Yeah, Doug comes in and like kind of schmoozes them, and it's like, "Hey, uh, I really need you to like let this one through." And also, Enid, you you'd be very pretty if uh, my friend uh, Missy said if you just let your hair down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's the this producer basically is screening the latest uh, film by director Peter Frederick North. North. Frederick North. It's Peter Fre North. I think it's Frederick. Is it Frederick? I think it's Frederick North. Frederick. Yeah. 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 Right. And um, Frederick. Frederick. And like, there's this great. Uh, I, one of my favorite lines in the movie is like, you know, maybe you'd like to be in one of my movies sometimes. And Enid's like, I have, uh, I have no desire to watch myself be like raped and mutilated on screen. And he like smiles at her. He's like, yeah, but audiences would love it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was just... that was great. Oh, yeah, that was rough. <laughs> this dude's like totally sleazy. But anyway, like he he hands off this film, which the film is called. Was it called The Church in the Don't Woods? Don't go into the church. Don't go in the church. Sorry, don't go in the church. And so Enid is screening this movie, and the, the, the film that she's watching is about two, like, sisters, young sisters in the woods, and maybe one of you guys want to explain this, right? But, like, it's it sort of like she starts having flashbacks while watching it to herself and her sister 20 years ago when they were in yeah. the woods. And, and you've seen yeah. a couple of flashes, like, she sees this woman with red hair in the subway and she goes up to her and is like, oh, oh, I'm sorry, I thought you were, I thought you were somebody I knew. And you see like a little flash, a few flashes of Enid's sister when they were younger and she has this bright red hair. And so the actress yeah. in this movie kind of bears a similarity to what we would expect her sister to look like. Yeah. yeah. Her name is Alice Lee and they talk about how the police mock-up of what Alice, of what her sister would look like if she was grown right. up now. Yeah, her, so just like to be clear, Enid's missing sister is named Nina, just so when we talk about her, right? But, um, but Alice Lee, we'll come, we'll come back to Alice Lee. Is right. Alice Lee 
Alice Lee is not in the movie. Don't no, go in the church. she is the adult version that she ends up learning about. So, so these two little girls uh, in the movie that she is censoring from uh, North, uh, basically are like in the woods, and the the I guess the older sister says like, spin around and summon my shadow, and then go in there. And so the little the younger sister like reluctantly agrees, and she walks into this like dark cabin. And then you see the older sister walk up behind her and grab a hatchet, and it's presumed that she, uh, oh no, she does on screen no, you, hack her you, little sister yeah, to death. Yeah. yeah, like there's no, there, you don't, there's no like footage of like the body, but you definitely see like from the like the camera angle is like facing up at the yes. older sister as yeah. she's like swinging the axe and blood is spraying on her, and it's very clear that this girl is murdering her sister. Right, right. And in that moment, I think we're all supposed to start asking ourselves, wait, did. Enid murder her own sister 20 years ago. Right. And she's just forgotten it. And so she's yeah. very distressed by this. And as she actually goes and throws up, and when she comes back, the censor, so they all watch it in pairs and they take notes together and compare notes. Uh, the guy that she's watching with is like basically kind of invites her out yeah. and is like, hey, you know, why don't we uh, grab a drink? And she's just like, had just thrown up, is like sweaty and bedraggled, and it's like, what do you think about the amnesiac killer? And we get what I think is the theme of the movie where he's like, well, I think sometimes our brain protects us by editing out information. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she's like, cool, no thanks on the date. <laughs> and then uh, and then this starts her like sort of, uh, this becomes like what I would call the detective part of the movie. Well, I would say, yeah, I mean, this... This screening, don't go in the church, is like the inciting incident, right? right? This is the moment that, like, it, like, thrusts the movie into what I would call the plot, you right, know? like right. the, yeah, It's 30 minutes of vibe, and then <laughs> now here's the story. <laughs> and I can't, I can't emphasize enough, like, how much I love the cinematography in this movie. Like, there, and it's, it's so, there's, like, so many just, like, harsh, like, red lights and blue lights mm-hmm. and... Like, it just, it, man. It's very gelled in a way that, like, you know, 80s horror movies were. Yeah. So, so she sees Don't Go in the Church. That freaks her out. And then, help me out. What happens next? Uh, she then starts trying to track down North. Oh, yes. She's like, something about this film bothers me. I want to see some of the other films by this director, right? And so she goes to a video mm-hmm. store. And for the younger listeners, you, there used to be these stores where you would go and rent VHS tapes. <laughs> If you don't know what a VHS tape is, whew, I don't have enough time. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, God, it, I, th- like, just that scene of her in the video store, it, like, kind of brought me back to my youth of, like, going to those kind of places, you know? And um, she goes in, and she kind of, like, watches this woman come in and return. Like, uh, there's just something shady about the way this woman, like, returns a video She, tape. like, slips it, like, down low. No one could see, you know, what it was. Yeah, and there's also this there's also this moment while she's like waiting for her turn to talk to the guy behind the counter, she's like looking at the VHS tapes in the rental rack, and there's this one cover that's like I don't remember the title of the movie, but it's it basically shows like a smiling family on a bright sunny day with like a rainbow mm-hmm. on it, right? Did you Oh, uh, okay. Do you remember that now, Missy? No, but that's cool. Okay. But in the moment I was like, I don't know what the, the like you don't know what the relevance of this is, but it comes to be important later, right? But anyway, it's her turn. She puts mm-hmm. the thing down, the tape back, and she goes up and she's like, yo, do you have any Frederick North movies? And the guy's like, you kidding me? Those are all fucking banned, right? Like, Yeah, but by saying, like, what's a pretty girl like you want to see a fucked up movie like that for? Yeah, he, he definitely, like, I like that everyone hits on her and she's just like, no thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just skips right past it. 
she basically straight up says to him, like, I'm with the film board and I'll totally fucking like have you arrested if you just don't if you don't give me your Frederick North I think right she, now. I don't I didn't think she said that. I thought she just said, like, I know that that woman just brought in a band movie. I know you have band movies behind the counter. Go give me one or I'll tell on you. Yeah. I don't think she Okay. You you're a, you are correct, Missy. She does not reveal that she works for the censor board. I apologize <laughs> for lying. <laughs> I I didn't actually watch this movie, okay? <laughs> yeah, Wikipedia's a little scant on the details. The, the part the part where we do the nasty and dirty, that's for my benefit. <laughs> and then I imagine what I think the movie would have been about. Normally what I do. Um, so yeah, this is, again, this is like one of the very uh, adept ways that this movie progresses is it goes from her watching movies at work to now she's watching movies at home. It's like becoming more personalized mm-hmm. and closer to, to, to her heart, if you will. Uh, so now she has this movie, and this is where we learn about Alice Lee. Oh, right. He, the guy gives her a different film by Frederick right. North. Right. Uh, and and I, I forget what it's called. It's some kind of, it, some kind of demon is movie, Is it the Beastman right? one, or is that the just... Beastman. Yeah. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Because then... It's not, it's, not, it's not called the Beastman. It's called, like, Summoned or something right, like right. that. But it's about the Beastman. I guess the Beastman is a recurring character in many of Frederick North's things. Did the Beastman show up in Don't Go Into the Church at the end? I think yes. there's, like, there's, there, clips there's of him. flashes yeah. of him. Okay. Like he's walking. It's sort he's of the guy implied. that lives in that cabin? Yes, but he might be a demon. Okay. The, be- the Beastman is just like, he's basically just like a really tall dude. He's a tall with French like... guy. <laughs> is he French? Yeah. Okay. He's just got kind of like a, like a, lumpy a face. snarling face. A, like I would say, he looks like ninety percent a human being and ten percent a beast. He looks yeah. like a little bit like a hunchback of Notre Dame, but he's standing up straight. Yeah, or he looks like a skinny Andre the Giant. <laughs> sure, all of these. <laughs> Why don't we just keep going in like circles? <laughs> this has been Beastman metaphors. <laughs> he he looks like a like a beanstalk if he was more human, you know, with sharper teeth. <laughs> he looks like the tall giant from Twin Peaks. That's what he looks there you go that's actually pretty good (laughs) the guy at the hotel in Twin Peaks right um so but like when she goes into the video store there's a poster on the wall that says like you know beast man or whatever and clearly not all of Frederick North's movies must get banned because that one is publicly advertising but anyway she takes home a copy of summoned she's watching that and in it is this woman in her like late 20s who is has red hair She's like the lead actress, and this actress is Alice Lee, right? And as she's watching the movie, she is becoming more and more convinced that this is the adult version of her missing sister. Yeah, that her sister was like uh, abducted by North and forced into acting. Yeah, into acting in skeezy movies. Yeah. Like all the best actors. <laughs> <laughs> was it? Did this um, happen when her parents? She had dinner with her parents, or was this a separate scene? But her parents gave her. Like an official piece of paper, like declaring her sister. That dead. was like the beginning of the movie. It. Okay. Yeah, so... that was like that was like one of the first scenes. Okay, so the, it, it's official. They didn't just say they were thinking about it. No, yeah, they they show it to her, and then you yeah. you see that, that that's how you get the whole info that her sister is missing slash dead. Right. right. We rewound for Missy. Now let's catch back <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah, can we put it in a VH, she... VHS uh, speeding noise? <laughs> um, I can't actually. I can't do it. <laughs> I don't remember what it sounds uh, like. The next thing is she tracks down. No, 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 no. This. All right. This is why this is confusing because she has a second dinner with her parents. Okay. Oh, See, okay. I'm not crazy. Well, you're half. I was crazy. kind of right. <laughs> so, at this second dinner, she like puts the uh the like the 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 VHS ca- uh, case on the table and she's like 
look at this movie Summoned, or whatever it's called. Right. This actress, Alice Lee, that's clearly Nina, right? To which her parents are like, uh, you're fucking crazy. Like, but, And they also say, like, we don't want to do this. Please don't do this again. Yes. They, yeah. There is an implication that there's, they view their daughter. Like, it's clearly not... It, how would you describe the relationship? Because they seem to l- care well, about their daughter. They it's, love it's her. It's that like buttoned-up British thing, right? That it's like, oh, there's something wrong, but let's n- let's never talk about it. Cheek, yeah. They're just yeah. like handling her with kid gloves. I think that they basically had the sister declared dead because they thought it would help Enid move on. Right. But this this is like going back to what I think is the thesis of the movie. Is it's like very clearly Enid mentally unwell, but society is not willing to take care of her. Right. Her parents keep ignoring it. Uh, nobody around like accepts that this person needs help. They're just like, oh, she should help herself. And so left to her own devices, she goes on this wild goose chase that spoilers doesn't end well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was actually I was just thinking about the phrase wild goose chase. I'm like, is it? I guess it. I, we can talk about that, like whether it is an actual wild goose chase or not, because she never actually gets a goose. So true. Mm. And yeah. it isn't that wild. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a, a mundane duck hunt. <laughs> that sounds uh, like that's a Peter Strickland film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, th- I I thought it was weird that she like puts the VHS tape in front of her parents because like the 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 image on the cover is like like yeah that's that's the picture of Alice Lee but her eyes are like all glowing red <laughs> right. and she she's got I like know, a... there's like blood dripping down and like yeah and, and I'm the... like wouldn't it be better to just like actually pause the actual film at the place you pause that and show your parents that scene, right? I don't think she could hope to get her parents to do that. She's like, they won't even look at the camera. She's like, just look at the picture, not even looking at it. I don't think she thinks she thought they would agree to that. Yeah, I mean, look, I have no idea what it would be like to try to to have a sibling and then lose track of them for 20 years and then look at an adult and, you know what I mean? Like, would you, is there any reality where you're like, that's clearly my missing sibling 20 years older? I think that she's just looking at like oh this person has long red hair that's clearly my sibling like i think that's all it takes for her let me ask you a question at this point in the film did either of you did either of you believe that alice lee might be her missing sister no i thought it might be i thought there was a chance i I thought it was maybe but a very outside chance okay i was i was i was honestly 50 50 on it i I was too i was i was 50 50 and and i think that's what's that's what i think is i uh clever about the film is that i am I was unsure. Like, I definitely knew Enid was off, but I was like, is she full on crazy or is there a grander mystery here? Right? Yeah. Because they're, they're part of my mind was like, is it possible that, like, either she's crazy and she, like, murdered her sister when she was a kid or someone fucking kidnapped her sister and, like, you know, the, there's, like, going to be this whole thing about, like, underground snuff films yeah. and shit. And I like how the film kind of plays that game with you. Wait, at what point were you convinced that this that it wasn't Chris? Cause I, well, I... it was the line from the parents where they were like, oh, are we going to do this again? Okay. See, this time, I don't know. I still thought it was 50-50. I could see how that seems like it's them saying, oh, you know, we're, we're putting weight on the protagonist. That it's like, no one believes her. Like, she's, she's going against all odds. But for me, I was like, I, I, I sort of saw the, the writing on the wall of what this movie is implying about like the critique that this movie's making, and I was like, "No, I, I really worry that she's just fucking crazy." Well, I think to go forward, we we should be we should, we should be spoilers. Yeah, we're gonna do the spoilers now. So like, if 
if you haven't seen this movie, up to you if you want to keep listening, you should, you know, live your life how you want. But we're going to talk about what happens. Yeah, you want to live on the edge? You, you want to live on the edge? Don't watch the movie and just listen to us talk about it, right? But, <laughs> oh, you know, you, know what's, you know what's a better way to play? Keep going past this point, but try to see how close to the spoiler you can get <laughs> yeah. before hitting stop, right? <laughs> sort of like... Yeah, like, play, play spoiler chicken with like, our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we got a whole new podcast we should do. You know, uh, at this point, I definitely, I, I, I definitely was just like, I don't know. But there's something shady going on with Frederick North and his producer, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, and so she's like, yo, I'm going to go find Frederick North or whatever, right? I think this is where she sets off. And she. Well, the fact that the story felt like it was true to her. It's like, oh, uh, Alice must have told her. Nina must have told him the story when they were kids. And that's why they made the movie. Oh, I didn't hmm. even think about that. I, I didn't. I didn't. That's really... why I thought it was real. Yeah, yeah. Well, because she she ends up asking. So she tracks down the producer by like you know she starts the movie as being this like very reserved, button up, sort of like mousy office worker, and now she just like bursts into the archivist room and it's like, uh, hold on, I just need to get this document, and she like tears a file away and gets uh the the producer's home address. Right, Doug, the producer who like Doug, the producer who kind of hit on her earlier yeah. in the film. Yeah, right? so you know what he's gonna be thinking when. Yeah, uh, this girl wants to censor some stuff. <laughs> so she does. She shows up there. Uh, it's like the middle of the night. And, uh, you know, he's like, come on in. Like, let's have a drink. And I'm just anytime someone gives someone a drink, I'm like, there's drugs in that drink. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Turns out there there weren't drugs in it. It's just a normal drink. <laughs> um, but you can imagine I, I have a very difficult time with bartenders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What'd you What'd put, you put in, in this? <laughs> but, sir, you asked for a whiskey sour. Uh, I'll be the judge of that. Yeah. You um, have a sip of it first. <laughs> <laughs> no? <laughs> so, uh, he, she comes in. He's like, would you like some scotch? And she's like, yes. And just, like, chugs all of it. Oh, yeah. I, I thought that was awesome. I was like, oh, yeah. she's, 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 uh, I don't know. I don't know what I thought. But I like uh, and so then he sets up, like, he, he's like, do you want to see my awards for my slashies? And he, like, grabs this uh, trophy, and she's just, you know, she's trying to get the information about, like, where's Alice Lee? Is she my sister? And he's like, yo, what's up? Why, why are you here? <laughs> yeah. She's, yeah, he basically, he says the, the important things that she learns from this is that Alice Lee is starring in the next P, uh, Frederick and... North film, which is actually The Church in the Woods yes. Part 2. And they're filming it, like, and in the, the same place the that they filmed the first one. The other big important thing is that they're saying this is Alice Lee's last movie. So in her head, she's yes. like, uh-oh, I have to save my sister. They're going to murder her in this movie. Yeah, the way, the way the line is delivered, it's like you could either hear it as in, like, Frederick North is totally going to murder Alice Lee, or Alice Lee is getting a little too old to, like, be a, a young horror actress, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, to get the part, right. so to speak. <laughs> yeah, and having, having worked in Hollywood, <laughs> they're definitely yeah. going to murder her. <laughs> um. So, uh, basically, you know, he's like, but enough about this. Like, let's get down to fucking, right? And she's like, yo, what? <laughs> what? What? What made you think I came here to have sex? Yeah. I'm <laughs> looking for my missing sister. <laughs> um, but he, you know, he, uh, he does not behave well. He tries to force himself on her. And she, like, shoves him back, if I recall. And he, yeah. like, trips and, like, falls back onto his award statue, and it, yeah. like, it, like, impales him through the back of the skull and comes out of his mouth. Which is great, yeah. It was pretty good. Yeah, that's yeah. fun. And then, then I, this is a minor point, but I just found it very interesting. It, his death scene, 
is shot like how horror movies would shoot like from the male gaze of like look at this beautiful woman as her body undulates as she's dying and it just like pans down from his face over his robed body wait really did you guys see I mean, that yeah it's like a long shot and i was like why is that there and the only only explanation i could come up with was it is a subversion of the male gaze very i'm gonna have to go i'm, I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch it with that thinking uh but yeah. that makes because it, it was just like very long <laughs> I, I do remember like it holding on the sh like like his head yeah, for a long time i, I think that she, like i remember thinking like oh she's really like admiring her work like right really right. But yeah, it just like pans down over his robed body. And I was like, oh, is he going to have an erection or something? <laughs> like something really weird? But no, it's just like him dying. It's very, very odd. She stands there and odd. watches anyway. his like last breath, basically. Right. Yes. And she seems yes. like both like concerned and not concerned, right? Like She's, she's like, fine with it. She's right. like, I'm not going to call anybody. Like he That's true. She, cer she certainly doesn't. She's not concerned at all about calling anyone. Then is the next scene she goes to the film set? Yeah, and they're like, "Oh, we've been waiting for you." Where oh, I love that. Yeah, I she I think she she either digs around the producer's apartment or somehow she finds the address of where they're shooting the Church in the Woods too. And right, she drives in the middle of the woods, and there's just this like trailer. It's just like there's like no one around. Yeah, and this woman comes out of the trailer, and, and this is when the movie goes into like weird. Yeah, yeah this is the Peter Strickland moment. <laughs> this is great. Yeah. What are you talking I about? I loved it. Okay. Well, no, no I just mean that it's um, like becomes a totally different thing. Yeah. She, this is woman, I, I, we come to learn this is like a makeup artist, right? right. This woman comes out and she's like, oh, we've been waiting for you. Come on in, you know? And this is when the subtle thing happens that I, that I referenced earlier, where the, the whole movie is shot in widescreen, right? But from this point forward, the, the, the left and right sides of the screen start slowly moving in, right? over the course of, like, maybe, like, ten minutes. Like, it's so slow and subtle that it, I did not notice it until they were, like, two-thirds so the way. Mean? So, you know, when... Okay, so when uh, movies are projected on a movie theater screen, right, they're rectangular, just like our TVs are now, right? But back in the 80s, TVs were square, right? And so when you watched a movie on a VHS tape, it was a square image. So what they're suggesting is that, like... I, it's, I, I can't speak exactly to what the director meant, but, like, she is, she is making a psychological play on you, the viewer, to say, like, we're going from, like, watching my movie to going into the head of Enid, who thinks she's in, like, a movie. Okay. Yes. Okay. Like, I, I, I mean, Chris, maybe you want to talk about that more. It's, again, it's more of a, like, I can feel it with my body than explain it with my <laughs> right. mind. No, I, I think that's that's the right idea, is that it's like we are going from the narrative world, the, the director and story is telling us, to this is the narrative world within Enid's head. Because her entire experience editing films, if you will, censoring them, is interfacing with VHS footage. So as she is being, uh, as the walls are closing in, quite literally, yes. of the oh, frame. Oh, good, that's good, yeah. She is now forced into the role, no longer as protagonist, but as editor of her own story. Mm. Miss, you should, Missy, you should go back and just watch this sequence because yeah. it's, it's really subtle how how slowly it happens. Okay. But so yeah, she's she's basically uh, presumed by this makeup artist to be uh, an actress, and she's going to be playing the older sister of Alice Lee's character. Yeah. But it makes you think that like, oh, Frederick North has some big plan to get the sisters back together, right? Also, like, where's the actress who's supposed to play this part? Exactly. 
Well, they said she said like most people just called in and just didn't show up because it's like because yeah, <laughs> of COVID. <laughs> yeah, COVID eighty two. Yeah, that that it's you know it, it's a it's a shoestring budget experimental horror movie. Like people are like, oh, I'll be there. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> I don't need I don't need one pound that badly. That <laughs> pound. I don't under. Oh, it's a oh currency. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. So, is there anything important that happens? I mean, she gets in the makeup chair, and the woman is like, you know, getting her ready. I don't know if there's anything she sees. This is like a small thing, and it it doesn't really do anything for the story, but it's just an interesting addition. She notices that on the the like vanity is a newspaper that says like a film board censor scene at Smut House or like oh, at yeah. Grindhouse movie rental. And it's a picture of her oh, at, at, at the video, the store, video right. store. Oh, this reminds me also, I think this has already happened, but they, she saw like on the news, basically, the Amusiac killer never even saw that movie of connecting. Right, right. Yes. That's just, it's like casually mentioned. It's not, I mean, it's, it's, I don't know what the point of it is other than just like, I, we also didn't really talk just about. Just like, the, you know, like that people watching movies is not necessarily like making the future in real life. He just killed his family. Sure. So Sometimes it's just right. like a coincidence, right? Like, yeah. I kind of think that maybe Prano Bailey Bond is like planning to murder someone and she's going to say, like, it had nothing to do with my movie, see? Proof right here. I don't know why this British director talks like a gangster from New York, but um, <laughs> the other thing we didn't talk about is that throughout this movie, Enid gets like phone calls from just like anonymous oh, angry yes. people harassing her yeah basically well, like blaming I couldn't tell if that was in her mind actually was it real i don't know i mean i, I it's also a question of like was the newspaper real that she saw i, think, I don't know i i think all that's real because they're you know like they're really everybody is talking about the the, the amnesiac killer her boss has a conversation with her about this film you know like i don't think all that's imaginary but like at the end the call that she got right before she goes to the set is like the same stuff that the producer was saying to her in person really what did what was the call when did she get a call like right before she goes to the set like she's like he's like oh like basically i don't want to even it's like saying like nasty stuff to her <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't i wouldn't want to say it <laughs> don't don't make me say it. i'll watch it and i'll think about it but i won't say it i'll analyze it but we can't say it <laughs> So in the moment when she says beep, <laughs> we can infer that that means beep. I took it that she's really getting harassing calls from the public. And that like that is like part of what is driving her like mental breakdown is this pressure of all these people calling her and basically calling her like a nasty bitch for like letting this movie get made, you know, or get out. But I don't know. You could you could easily. The thing is, with this kind of movie, at the end of the day, you can argue that any given scene is like in okay, her mind. Okay. So she gets made up. The like a PA or something is like, all right, time to get her on sa- on scene. <laughs> get her on, yeah. get her on the <laughs> set, she boys. Just, like, it's just her walking through like an empty magenta and greenlit forest where there's just uh-huh. yeah, it's like we're in fucking like yeah, she has like a glowing white dress on. Her hair is like really long and down, and they like dump some blood. It was right around here that I was like, wait, is the aspect ratio, like, yeah. totally different now? <laughs> so uh, then uh, she walks out into the, the forest alone, and she finds these two lights that are just, like, spotlighting this one area. And then she sees the shadowy silhouette of Frederick North, and he goes, step into the light. 
<laughs> That's good. And he does like this obscene, very uh, self-involved director thing of like, let me see you act. <laughs> <laughs> and this, so I, I'm, I'm caught on this sequence. I liked his like very carnal provocation of her to like be like, because I've seen this on sets where you have like some muckety-muck or some director who thinks they're a muckety-muck. A muckety-muck? What, what do you think you are if you think you're a muckety Like you think you're hot shit. Okay. Yeah, or like, you know, you, you're like, I am an artiste, you know, like pushing actors to be like, no, you idiot, do it right, you know, like being abusive okay. to get a performance. Mm, like possession. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what did you think about working with that director? Oh, he was a muckety muck. <laughs> it was a real muckety muck so-and-so, but I don't want to tell tales out of school. Don't make me say it. <laughs> So yeah, then he like pushes her to give a performance, and uh, yeah, I think I believe you're right, Rodney, that he's kind of echoing a lot of the stuff that she's gotten on her abusive phone calls. I I, I think I think Missy said that. I don't. Oh, I Missy said so. that. I don't know. Well, I think Rodney's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the credit if it's correct. But yeah, he. I mean, he is. Yeah, he's he's clearly abusive. He's an asshole. You're led to believe like it. This this clearly is the kind of guy that would like kidnap a little girl and force her to be in all his movies. Yeah, and it like she's like, okay, just tell me where my sister is, and he's like, okay, now if we're gonna do this, I need you to really get into the role. I really need you to like embrace it. Like, it really seems like he might be like planning some giant reunion. I don't get why Enid isn't like I'm not an actress. Like you, I, there's been a mistake. Like I don't get why she goes along with all this. But I, other than you, I guess you're gonna tell me she does it so that she can find her sister. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, 100. percent And they they all seem like they know who she is. Like I've been waiting for you. Yes. Right. It's like, oh, you're here. Yeah. That's true. She thinks this dude's gonna murder her sister. And so right. She's like, I I gotta. She has gotta to go keep... undercover to get close. And it's like giving him, you know, kicks just to see them back together and her try to save the sister i don't really remember like what happens in this he basically just yells at her a bit and then they, they're like let's move on to the next scene well she finally gets into it and she's like he's like yes that's right carry that energy into the scene and so then she goes back into the cabin and it basically what we see is don't go into the church too mm-hmm. right so it's the same cabin yes it is if you are watching the movie of her as the sister not Enid, but the the character. Right, That because we are now in full VHS mode. Yes. And so she walks into the cabin. She then sees the, the giant uh, beast man. And Enid has the hatchet. Her sister is about to be killed. And then she lunges forward and buries the hatchet into the actor's chest. And he dies. And they cut. And I love this part where, like, the sound guy leans over and vomits. <laughs> yes. And the film, like, instantly cuts back to, like, just hard, yeah. like, full wide Right before she to sinks be, like, the are... hatchet in, the Beastman's like, this isn't in the script. What are you doing? Yes. And Alice Lee is there, right? She's in. And, and, and so, like, we, we snap out of the film and realize that, like, she has just murdered the actor playing the Beastman. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, I'm saving you. She's like, that was my friend. Yeah, that was my friend Charles. Yeah. Because <laughs> they've worked on all these movies together. Yeah. Yeah. That was so cool. <laughs> yeah. That was, I was not expecting that. That was, that was not mind boggling, but it was cool. And so then Frederick North comes in and he's like, what are you doing? Yes. That I forgot awesome. about that. Oh my God. <laughs> she just fucking lops his head off. Yes. And that seemed to echo earlier in the film when they were showing clips from video mm-hmm. nasties. Yeah. I felt like there was a moment where you see a dude's head get cut off and it's like recreating that moment, but in real life. Oh, 
and you'll notice the camera lingers on his decapitated body to you know show show the male gaze. Oh, thank yeah, you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah you're welcome. welcome. <laughs> yes. Dude, this is the last time I do film criticism on this podcast. <laughs> no, we need we need you to do it. We need it. <laughs> Somebody needs to do it. Otherwise, it would just be me reminding Missy what happened. <laughs> Um, and then I fucking love this sequence. Enid yes. chases Alice into the woods. Alice ends up falling, right, in that, that, that classic, like, girl running through the forest way. And she turns over, rolls over, and she's like, please, please don't do this. And she's like, no, I'm not, I'm not here to hurt you. I'm here to save you. I'm here, I, I saved you. And she's you're like, you're my sister. You have you're to my be my sister. sister. You have to be. She's like, I have a sister. You're not her. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And Enid's, and Enid's begging her, like, please, please be her. Please be her. And then uh, Alice is just like, fuck you. You're crazy. And then again, we go back into the VHS uh, uh, bars on the side. And a, a remote appears that we've seen Enid use when she's like censoring films. Right. And she basically edits her own story. And it becomes, as as you said, Rodney, the, the bright, sunny uh, VHS photo. It's a video store. Super oversaturated. There's a rainbow in every shot. Uh-huh. And it's her smiling as she's driving, and she's. And the first time we've seen her smile the whole. Time. Yes. Yeah. You're you're totally right. Yeah. That is the first time she smiled. And she's got Nina in the in the passenger seat, and they're both smiling. And then I loved this. There's, they're driving home. Yes, they're driving home. There's just a flash frame of like really yeah. dark, crushed blacks, uh, and it's it's Alice screaming. Oh. And then it cuts back, and she's smiling, and it's great. Yeah, it's like it's like maybe yeah. like it's like. 12 frames or like yeah. 30, maybe 36 frames. It's really, it's really fast. But while that's happening, she's also, uh, Enid's like listening to the radio and on the radio, the, the news announcer is like, you know, like, yes. like all, because of all the film censoring of the video nasties, like the crime in England has dropped to zero. Yeah. And, and like all video nasties have been eliminated. Right. Everyone is safe. Everyone is happy. Everything is perfect. Yeah. And so then she drives home and it, it's like a recreation of that, the, the VHS cover. And, Alice, or no, sorry, Nina runs up and hugs her parents, and and uh, 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 sorry, Enid is smiling, and then it cuts again to a longer shot of that like heavy blue and black light, and that she's just going, "Help me! You have to help me!" Yeah, save me, save me, help me! Yeah, and the parents are like horrified. So yeah, it's like, um, it, it basically we are living in Enid's uh, delusion, and like there's like little moments of reality breaking through and we're seeing like what's actually happening but we're mostly in Enid's perspective and then we basically just end on a shot of like Enid smiling like covered in blood yeah. you know and then it like cuts to a VHS tape recorder and a movie ejects and the movie's right. title is censor in a very right. meta way and then the credits yep. roll it's such a good ending so good I yeah I, I, I fucking loved that I, I do I mean like I thought the final, the final five, the final five minutes are so creepy because it's just like there's so much sound uh-huh. design going on, right? There's like it sounds like there's like static and like this creepy synth music and the way it's just very unsettling. Um, but I will say that like I I could see how for some people it might be a little bit of a like what's called a letdown, right? Because you don't you don't really know what happens, right? Like. I guess it's assumed that she gets arrested and like sent to the mental hospital for murdering people. I think you know what happened. Okay, well there. Yeah, Never mind, she I reunites her family with her sister, and everyone lives happily ever after. Yeah, duh, Rodney, duh. Come on, her parents are like. Didn't you watch the same movie as us? You, 
you look just like our missing daughter. Welcome home. <laughs> no, she definitely had a complete psychotic break. And yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, because it's uh, my analysis, and uh, the director, when she listens to this, can tell me how right or wrong I am. <laughs> uh, it, my understanding is that like Enid is basically a stand-in for this sublimated desire to control society, right? Like, if we could just control what people are ingesting, if we could just censor the right things, everything would be fine. We don't need to take care of ourselves. Enid is clearly mentally unwell. Her family knows it. She probably has some sense of it. But there's no support network to take care of that. So instead, all of these ills are passed off onto art. But art is not creating the bad society our own fucked upness is, and we're just projecting it onto art. Yeah, the evil's already there. It's not because that's the one thing we feel like we can control. Yeah. So I, I love this movie. I thought it was super smart. Mm -hmm. Do you think that the people in this world would blame the stuff you watched at her work for what she did? Absolutely. Yeah. So I, bravo, great movie. Go watch it. Oh, it, so yeah. So you think like if there were a, an epilogue, it would be like film censor goes to jail. Oh, because that's what they're setting up with the right. newspaper. When they when they show that she went into the sleazy video exactly. store, right? It's implied. Oh, it's like it's a it's an echo of the amnesia. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I thank you. I didn't I didn't even think about that. This movie's this movie is deeper than I yeah. realized. Yeah. It's like a lot of horror movies have really crappy endings. Like I, yes. I really give it a lot of credit for like just nailing the ending. Absolutely. Yeah, this was this was great. I mean, again, I feel like it's that perfect synthesis of, like, body movie but mind movie. Yeah. I could just watch this and be like, wow, that was a really wild experience that I just, like, a feast for the eyes. But really, like, there's a lot to pick apart here, too. And I love that because it's so well-crafted. Yeah, I, you know, in terms of, like, it's definitely not a scary movie, right? Except, like, I would argue maybe that last sequence where she's actually on the film set, that's a creepy but like this movie has no like jump scares or anything you know not jump scares but it is like it's tense it's, yeah it's very very scary when you like realize that you're like you've been empathizing with this character and like you're like oh no we're like in the middle of a psychotic break yeah she will do anything i i feel like there's there's there are many movies that are about like you know forgive the terminology a crazy person going crazy but i feel like they always are a letdown for one reason or another right but this one really worked i don't know why i just felt like the movie really makes you feel what she's feeling. Well, she's only trying to do good. It's like it's like kind of like if you were in like I don't know, like Dexter's mind, but he was like, you know, just fighting Satan's brother. Right, like divorced from yeah. reality. Yeah, it it had vibes of like excision. Yes, there we go. Good example. You you have somebody who thinks they're doing their best, but they're completely divorced from reality, so they're actually doing harm. Oh, it's, oh, right, now I remember. Okay, it took me a minute to yeah. remember. Yeah, that's a good one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, they're so, so proud I, of themselves uh, at the end. They're like, look right. what I did. Tell me good job. Like, no, right, right. you did bad, girl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's also some, like, sort of, like, David Lynch vibes Definitely. going on here, you know? Um, just in that general, just, like, am, is what I'm seeing real, you know? Um, and, and I you know, if, if you like that kind of vibe, then you're going you're gonna to love this movie, I think. Um, but, uh, is there, I mean, we, uh, we kind of tore through that quickly. I like it. New, new, new year, new, yeah. new speed. <laughs> is there anything you guys want to say else I mean, about even it? just aside from all of this, it's like a very cozy movie. It is a horror movie, but it was quite like relaxing. And I, I, I mean, that as a compliment. 
Well, I don't. I know what you mean. I feel like I. I guess I felt relaxed because I felt so confident in her command of her directing. That's the way. Like the minute it started, I was like, "Oh, this this person can direct." And then as it went along, I just kept being like, "Wow, this is like incredibly well done." Uh, I don't know if cozy is the word I would use, but I comf- maybe it's like a warm snuggie. <laughs> Like, I, the world that this takes place in is just like, oh, I could, like, snuggle up in that world. You could snuggle up in, like, austerity Britain in the 80s? <laughs> yeah, you keep <laughs> referring to that world. It's just 1980s Her Br- world. No, her oh, world. Oh, okay. What, just watching scary movies. All this woman is watching scary movies all day oh, long. Oh, I see. Like, that sounds awesome. She is, like, the best job in the whole world. She's, she's hashtag goals. Like, she's so lucky. One day, one day, Missy is going to listen to episodes of Pod Vacation and realize it's just her talking to herself. <laughs> and she's like, why am I so condescending to myself? <laughs> no, uh, bravo to I, Prano, right? Prano, I, one day I'll, this will be a name I say. Prano Bailey Bond. Prano Bailey Bond. Prano Bailey Bond. But, you know, for, usually I have something to nitpick, right? And I, I, I can't, I, I'm not going to tell you that, like, I loved this movie in the way where I want to, like, watch it over and over. Like, it, you know, if, if sometime from now someone want, said, like, hey, do you want to watch Sensor? And I'd be like, yeah, I'm down for that. But, like, I don't, I don't love it the way that I love my, like, slasher films, right? It's not a thing I want to mm-hmm. rewatch. I'm just so pleased you didn't hate it. No, like, I, I, I really, really dug it. Like, it, it has stuck with me. Um, like, I remember it ending and just being like, wow, that, that's, that's different, you know? But like not different without being like obnoxious, you know. Right. Like it, it, um, it just felt like a, a really competently told movie. Um, that I actually, you know, I I kind of wish it like went. I just wish it went a little longer. Like I I felt like it's building up to a climax, yeah. and then that climax sequence is. I mean, it's it's probably like ten minutes long, but it it just felt like it needed a little bit I more. I do with agree the with you. I feel like um. I feel like it was almost trying to do a little too much for like the the, the time that that it had. Like, yeah, I it, but just like yeah, yeah, like an, I mean? another like fifteen minutes, I think. But I I will say that like perhaps it is better to leave them wanting yeah. more, right? Like if if I if the movie ends and I'm thinking, boy, I wish there were more of this movie. That's a, usually that's a good that's thing, true. you know? Yeah. And, like, it's not like I had any, it's not like any mysteries were left hanging. Like, it's clear by the end of the movie that it's, like, she's... she's no, insane, I just, right? yeah, I would have liked a little bit more. So, I mean, but I guess if we found out more about Frederick North, it would have been, like, too obvious what was going on. Because, like, him being a mystery was part of it. Yeah, I feel like it walked the line pretty well. Anyway, I, uh, thank you for picking this one. Missy. Yeah. Absolutely, anytime. <laughs> <laughs> I could pick censor anytime. Well, not anytime. <laughs> not, not anytime. <laughs> I think, I think... You you've you you picked a good one for twenty two. Let's just leave it there, and Chris mm. and I will pick that one. All right. That way, your average is thing. held at a hundred percent for the year. Maybe. <laughs> all right. Um. All right. Well, it's good to it's good to be back, guys. Before we go, couple couple quick things. Due to just you know life and schedules, uh, we are changing our format uh slightly in that we're gonna just do we're gonna do an episode every other week. So you'll get two episodes of Pod Forsaken a month. That actually is a good thing because it gives everyone a little more time to keep up with uh, the films that we do. It's better than no episodes. <laughs> exactly. You had three months there of no. Yeah, episodes. you should have watched all the movies so now, that are coming up this year. You, you, sh- you should, you should have watched all thirty films on our best of the of all time list. On the next episode, two weeks from now, we are doing uh, the medium from twenty twenty one. You can Shutter exclusive. Yep. So look forward to talking about that with you all uh, next time, and uh, be well. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy bye.
Goodbye. Happy, happy bye. Happy bye year. <laughs> Hey, thanks for listening to the episode. If you could uh, like, subscribe, and share this episode, that'd be great. If you want to share your feedback with us, we can be reached at podforsakenpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah!